0: And it's the same mantra today. We need love. We need love. And the more love we get, the more problems we have. Because it turns into self-love. It turns into a love of me. I'm the only one that matters. We feel the, the, need, the need. The need for, for crazy. crazy.
1: Are you ready to sink your teeth into scripture and get a bulldog grip on this truth? Listen on some doctors. And get full man. Here is your host. Well, one of the most important things in holding on to that uh, is there are heresies that try to creep in. And that's nothing new. That dates back to the uh, Christ himself. Right. Well, and he brings out the ones that uh, were addressed by the church fathers. And, and one of the first ones was, we've talked about it, Doseth yeah, I still have trouble with that, but uh, that's a heresy that crept into the early church, and we actually see that in the Bible, don't we? Does the Bible talk about that?
0: Yeah, well, the First uh, John, where John says, "Try the spirits; don't believe every spirit. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh right. is of God." Now, that's one test of a false prophet. It's not the ultimate test, but it the the argument that Docetism said that Jesus only appeared to be a man, that he wasn't a real man. He just appeared to be a man. And that's why John emphasizes this. Uh, and John is again when you read the, the first chapter, he says, "We've handled the word. We've touched, him. touched it. We we've we've seen him. We've we've heard him talk. Mm-hmm. We've watched him eat. Uh we've seen him sleep. We've seen him grow weary. We know he was real, a real man, not just an image of a man, not just a fandom that could not die, could not suffer, um, so that's docetism. And yes, it was in the early church uh, and was dealt with. That and that's one of the things that John is uh, dealing with.
1: The next, he talks about Gnosticism, uh, which
0: what is that teaching? Gnosticism is the belief because the Greek word gnosis meaning knowledge, mm-hmm. the belief that salvation comes through knowledge, that I don't need the church i don't need doctrine i just need to have this i know mm-hmm. and that's where we say that many of the people and we have to be careful but many of the people who say i believe are very close to gnosticism mm-hmm. because they're not basing it upon i believe certain things i believe mm-hmm. i know you hear people say well i know that i know that i'm saved but there's no fruit in your life there's no conformity to scripture in your life So you are a 21st century Gnostic. You're claiming that I'm saved by knowledge, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, And you see that a lot of that. You see a lot of that in the Gospel of uh, Thomas, okay? Mm -hmm. The Gospel of Thomas is greatly disputed about whether it's really sayings of Jesus or not, Mm -hmm. and but those who criticize that view point out. It's heavy with the Gnosticism, the idea that knowledge is is uh, salvation comes through knowledge, not knowing Christ, but just knowledge in general.
1: You now, the Gospel of Thomas, for the the people that may have never heard of that, that's something that was found uh, right. not long ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. And
0: it's even disputed whether... It, Thomas wrote it, correct? right? Exactly. Yeah it's it's one of the it's one of those it's one of those things. Is, I think it's got like 124 sayings, uh, and some of them sound very much like Jesus, and others are just absolute nonsense. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the thing. Was someone did did someone have access to some of the sayings of Christ that weren't recorded in the Gospels, and then just added some of it, mm-hmm. uh, or or was it off? fake we don't we don't know but mm-hmm. there are parts of it that sound very much like christ and other parts that are just absolutely foolish yeah. right yeah that, that,
1: but we see that it, it's kind of like mysticism is it not it,
0: it's a form of mysticism yeah and, and again today. you see that today because people you will tell the people well now here's what the bible says well i know what the bible says but i know what i've experienced And what you've just done is elevated your experience to the same authority as Scripture. Mm -hmm. And that's what Gnosticism basically did. I don't need the Bible. I have my experience to go by. It's dangerous, but getting people to understand that, just incredibly difficult. Well, I I stumbled, I think he mentioned
1: it in in his book, too, but I've studied, read so many things, I can't remember if he did or not. But I stumbled across uh, uh, an article that uh, Dr. Truman wrote online and it's about Marcy Marcion. There'll be a link in the comments if you want to go read his article. I and I recommend it. It's by Dr. Truman. Yeah. And uh, he, he it's entitled A Heretic that we need to know. And it's important to know false teaching right. uh, as well as true. You can't discern what's true unless you know what's false and point out what's false. Well is that
0: a good that is a that is an excellent point because Falsehood is often disguised as truth. Right. It it has just enough truth to sound right, mm-hmm. and this is why typically many things, if you're well taught in Scripture, many of these little heresies or false beliefs, you'll you'll just pick up on them and say, well, now that can't be right. Mm-hmm. This, the Bible didn't say that. But others are a little bit more tricky. Right. And They're you right. have to dig a little bit more, and you dig down, and this is why we've had these kind of people who've made these. Uh, uh, arguments from scripture have looked at a scripture and said this verse implies not just says you always hear me make distinction between what it says and what it teaches the teaching is drawn out of the implications of the verse that might not be clear on the surface Mm -hmm. and so some heresies are are more involved and you got to dig down and you got to see them and go back to the Arianism the reason there was such a debate in the church, because it sounded right. Right, It sounded right. And only when you dug down, you looked at the scriptures, you explored it, you, you went to the testimony of scripture and said, yeah, but the Bible here says. And you unpack that, that you get it. So, so it is important for us to realize sometimes what, not just that a person is wrong, but why they are wrong mm-hmm. in their teaching.
1: I want to read a quote from his article. He, he wrote, His major distinctive was his insistence on the Christian gospel as exclusively one of love to the extent that he became to a complete rejection of the Old Testament and only a qualified acceptance of those parts of the New Testament, which he considered to be consistent with his central thesis. Right. Now that to me, that sounds really familiar and uh he I I think he could probably be the pastor of many churches uh, yeah yeah. That,
0: yeah that are out there too. And, and it just goes to show that there's nothing new under the sun when it yeah. comes to the false doctrine. It just keeps resurfacing. It's the same old thing that the church has dealt with in the past, mm-hmm. and it keeps coming back up. Uh that idea that God is love and nothing but love. Right. And if you really love, if you love, then you'll love God. And you don't, you don't only see this in the church world, but think back the time that you and I will remember, there was a little song and Coca-Cola used it once for some of their commercials. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Right. We don't need another mountain. There are mountains and hillsides enough to climb. We don't need another something or other. What we need is love. We just need love. And it's the same mantra today. We need love. We need love. And the more love we get, the more problems we have because it turns into self-love. It turns into a love of me. I'm the only one that matters. Mm-hmm. People should love me and, and and should want me to have everything I want. And And self-love will always consume you. And this is the problem with the whole love thing. You know, they don't realize. So I use those illustrations Sunday and it was funny. I woke up at two in the morning, Sunday night, two in the morning and realized I had left off two of the really good verses for that overview of Romans (laughs) that and I was so frustrated by that. I thought, doggone, because the the two verses were uh, Romans five, five, the love of God is poured abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit and five, eight, God demonstrates his love and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So the book of Romans is full of this message of hope and love and forgiveness and redemption. Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation. But when you get to chapter 12, he says, because God is love, mm-hmm. live this way, Right. basically. Uh, that's, the, that's the problem with the, the culture. And, and yes, we have Marcionites all over the place who right. say, let's just talk about God's love.
1: And when they, yeah, they quote John three sixteen, but they... They quote it in this way, for God so loved the world, and they pretty much stop there yeah, they, they, and, they, and leave off uh, right. uh, verse 17, 18, 19, on. and
0: 20. And, and and it's interesting because I just went through that verse in preparing for Sunday's message, and it didn't come up. But if you read John three sixteen seventeen eighteen, 17, 18, you see that same contrast that John comes back to in his first letter where, he, where in chapter 1 he says, God is light. In chapter 4 he says God is love mm-hmm. so in John 316 God so loved in John and verse verse 18 or it's uh uh the, or verse 19 this is the condemnation light came into the world God sent his loving son he was the light and the world hated the light right you see that's the part you can't get people to see. And Marcion, was you're absolutely right, he was a 21st century love pastor who doesn't tell us about the God who loves. Mm-hmm. He tells us about the love of God, but not about the God who loves. Right. And man, is that so important in our culture today. Exactly.
1: And they will take that verse, the, um, the world hated, him, we're not. We're to be tolerant of them, but it's yeah. okay for them to hate right. us. Yeah. You know? So uh, the world is is totally confused. The, the world and is confused, and the but tr- unfortunately, the church, the is church
0: world, funny. is confused because yes. we have abandoned doctrine. Right. We've abandoned the historic faith, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's it's interesting how many people will quote that passage from from Jude. Uh, earnestly contend for the faith once delivered all to the saints and will in the same message contradict something about the faith that was delivered. Right. Uh, This is the predicament of the 21st century church.
1: Exactly. He goes on, he says that, uh, that he he comes up with three points and he says uh, that he wants to do out with the wrath, no wrath of God, only the love of God. Yep. uh, Out with the Old Testament. Too, which yeah. is sounds contemporary. I, my mind goes to Andy Stanley,
0: Andy Stanley, Joyce Myers. Have both said we don't need to. We we don't need the Old Testament. Right. It's so all about it's, God's love and His demonstration of love. That is heresy. That's heresy because we we again we we aren't just to know about the love of God. We are to know about the God who loves. Amen.
1: And. When you do away, I think he brings out when you do away with the Old Testament, it's out with God's songs. And, of course, music is very important in church worship today. In a lot of churches, the music is more important than the preached or the yeah, the preached word, the expounding of God's truth uh, through the preaching of his word. Music has become more important in not that there's really... No, there's nothing wrong with music, uh, but we've gotten away from the Psalms or the Psalter of the uh, Bible, the right. Old Testament, and uh, we've come up with things that can be. Actually, I've been in churches, and we don't do that here. Uh, praise God that you can listen to the songs we come to our church, listen to our music. It's almost like a preached message. Right. It's full but of, full of scripture, yeah, exactly, full of scripture, full of uh, focused on the word of God. But I've been in churches that uh, the songs that they sing could be used in a mo- Muslim church, right, or any church, any church it could All be right? used in a nightclub. You wouldn't know the difference. That's right. Yeah. It's just a modern, modern song. Uh, which is sad. It's very, very sad that some churches have, have gone that way, but that's, that's heresy well, as well. It, it is.
0: And, you know, again, what people don't realize how much, when you talk about doing away with the Old Testament, people do not realize how much of the New Testament is almost verbatim quoted from the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And that book that I read about uh, the, the Moses in the fourth gospel, the, the guy is dealing with it, and he says, in the Septuagint, Now, the Septuagint was the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament that happened about 200 B.C., okay? Mm -hmm. That when you look at, and so Paul, and the reason why you see uh, sometimes uh, a difference between the Old Testament reading in our Bible and what Paul says in the New Testament is because we're using a Hebrew Old Testament, and Paul was using a Greek Old Testament, okay? So there's there's a difference word. But here's the thing. That in some of the some of the quotations in the New Testament from the Old Testament in the Greek, it is the exact same words mm-hmm. that are being carried over to this quotation. So when people say, "Well, we don't need the Old Testament," you don't want to throw away the Old Testament. You got to throw away a big chunk of the New Testament right. because it's a quotation from the exactly. Old Testament. And, and this is this is the problem with anybody that says that. Right. So that's another one of those kinds of, of heresies. yeah we don't need to, we don't need to know about the Old Testament God but it's the same God
1: yeah
0: it's the same God and 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 we and I, I, I acknowledge my guilt here uh, before I offer criticism. We do have to connect the dots between the old and new, and mm-hmm. and it, you just can't throw out the old and say women don't believe in that. Right. It's it's this they're not separate.
1: It's a continuation. Right. Right. Is and a lot of people don't realize the word testament really it can be translated as covenant. Right. Uh, the old covenant and new covenant. Right. That God, and that doesn't mean that. God changed right. all of a sudden. It's just a continuation of God's plan right. his plan of salvation that we talked about uh, that he had
0: right He has a plan. His plan is being unfolded right and it will come to fruit fruition. Well, and you make a great point about covenant because it is in the old covenant that God predicts the new covenant right And he says that part of the new covenant, is I'm going to put my spirit within you and cause you to obey my teeth. Oh, I don't like that Old Testament stuff because it's just rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. Well, but the, the the Old Covenant predicts the New Covenant, which is a continuation of a life of holiness before the Lord. Right. You know, th- this is this is what the beauty of the fullness of God's word. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Doctor Truman's uh, said one of the biggest, his biggest one. Let me rephrase this. Dr. Truman says that uh, he is afraid that these heresies that we've been talking about are making God unknowable. Um, And let me quote him. It says, ultimately, I think it will push the God who is there back into the realm of the unknowable Make our God a mere projection of our own psychology and make our worship simply into group therapy sessions where we all come together to pretend we are feeling great. Right. And right. that, that yeah. describes some of the churches that, 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 that I've right. been in.
0: That describes a number of the more prominent, more well-known uh, churches in any community. Mm-hmm. It's all about us coming together and feeling good about ourselves when we leave. Mm-hmm. And there's no mention of repentance, of sin, of brokenness, of failing. Uh, uh, there, there is a world of difference. There is a world of difference. And he's right about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that the danger, it's not a danger. We have to do it. But I can understand how people are confused about God when you have this church saying that and that church saying something completely Mm -hmm. different. So this church is going to be orthodox and say homosexuality is a broken relationship. It can be seen not just by by what the Bible says, but look at those relationships. They're Mm -hmm. broken. They, they, They have a higher rate of suicide, a higher rate of drug abuse, a higher rate of alcohol abuse, a higher rate of domestic abuse. It's broken, Mm -hmm. but we say it's broken and people need to be delivered from it. And you go down the street and that church says, this is a noble and courageous lifestyle. We need to support it. And then you have the people standing over here saying, well, which one of you guys is telling me the truth? Mm -hmm. So there is a danger that departing from the historic creeds and the historic doctrines leaves people in a muddle and they don't know what to do. And then consequently, they do nothing. They do nothing. I remember one time when I was teaching my son, youngest son, Jacob, to drive, and we came up to this, this uh, road, and he was supposed to turn left, and I told him, you need to turn left, and somehow he got confused, and you know what he did? Nothing. He just kept going straight without gas or brakes. We were just drifting. And that was where I got that illustration. When people are confused, it's not that they do the wrong thing necessarily. It's that they do nothing. Mm-hmm. And so you have people in our culture confused by all the different messages of the church. and the result is they're just standing by. They don't know what to do. And in their minds, then as Dr. Truman hints, God becomes unknowable. right. We've got to have a clear, concise, consistent doctrinal message. That people can leave the church and 10 years later come back and hear the same message. Right. And it's like they never left because the message is the same. Yes. The, the faces will have changed. The, the paint on the wall might be a different shade. We may have bought new chairs and they're a different color. But the message is the same as it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Right. Or 2,000 years ago. Amen. Amen doctor truman says the struggle over
1: the tradition of apostolic teaching in the extent and content of the biblical canon were significant with the church fathers uh, does this uh, i think we we've been talking about this struggle still
0: exists it still it? exists yeah the very fact that that we have churches who are who have competing messages not competing methods that this church is using a uh, uh, this message this method and our church uses this method, but that the messages are actually working against each other. Mm-hmm. And the church fathers recognize this that we're not being faithful to the message of Christ if we allow that to be taught right? Because that's not his message. And, and so we strive we strive to stay connected to the historic church, right?
1: Dr. Truman goes on uh, and talks about Reformed worship. And I want to read, it's a pretty long quote, but I want to read that and get your comments on it. And if you want to interrupt me, feel free if you want to make a comment. He says, Reformed worship places the word at the center because the declaration of the truth of the gospel is central. Ideally, this truth shaped the liturgical actions of the Reformed community. For example, in the church service, the minister reads the Decalogue and brings words of judgment down on God's people, reminding them of the death in Adam. He leads them in a corporate confession of sin, then reads words from Scripture pointing towards the promise in Christ of comfort, forgiveness, and the final, resurrection to come. The fall, death, forgiveness, and resurrection. The basic elements of the Christian message find concise and precise expression in the Reformed liturgical practice. The congregation responds with a hymn of praise to God for his goodness. Here the beauty and the distinctness of the Reformed faith becomes evident the congregation reminded of who they are, sinners who stand before God, condemned for their unrighteousness and uncleanness, receive the promise in which Christ, that grasps by faith, seals forgiveness upon their hearts and moves them to praise and thanksgiving. Does that describe what we would call a reformed
0: church service? I would say that... We would we accomplish that? That the framework is in place in our church. Okay, so we would not do it exactly what he said. Right. I don't get up and read from the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. but in my preaching, I mention, uh, you know, right. don't commit adultery, or don't don't steal, or or don't uh, don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Right. Uh, anytime we talk about sin, we are telling people that we're under this if I talk mm-hmm. about a lot of people don't like the term brokenness I don't mean that I don't mean to downplay sin I mean this is how sin manifests itself right okay so we do talk about that in our service our Creed reminds us of the death of Christ and our resurrection mm-hmm. so you have that in there right uh, he in his tradition which is the Orthodox Presbyterian Church it may be laid out precisely like that. But the points he's making can be accomplished in any number of services where we're reminded, I'm, I'm, I'm broken. I've, right. I've committed sins. I, I need forgiveness. I need to be resurrected. I'm going to die. I'm going to face judgment. And you, again, you have that in, in all of the creeds. Um, I, believe in, in, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, our only begotten, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who was crucified, buried, uh, uh, raised again. Uh, It goes on to say, he's coming to judge the living and the dead. Mm -hmm. When you get to the last section of the creed, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I can only believe in the forgiveness of sins if I recognize I'm a sinner. So even though we don't do it exactly as he's laid it out, Mm -hmm. uh, or any number of other churches wouldn't necessarily do it that way, the, the points he's driving home should be part of every service. Right. The announcement that we are broken, we're sinners, we're in rebellion against God. We need forgiveness. Christ died to provide that forgiveness. If we, if we, if we surrender to His calling on our lives, we experience forgiveness, and we will have the resurrection mm. uh, to life eternal. So, yeah, His point is true, but the way it would be enacted in each church would be different. Would be different. Yeah.
1: But there is that. Um, going back to your, I think the way you put it, there is that framework. Framework. The framework that all these essentials, or what we recite in the creed, are are act not acted out is not, or what would be the word I'm searching for? Not acted out, but acted upon. Right. Or, or, or expounded yeah. in the service yeah. itself yeah. reflects what we believe, the, you're, which you're, we proclaim
0: in the creed. Right. You're, and you're making a great point. That framework, because there are a lot of churches that would recite the creed, but they would never deal with anything else during the service. Okay. Right. Whereas in our church, we recite the creed, and then you will hear those points within the creed brought up along the way. Right. Okay. Uh, you would have other churches that would not recite the creed and there would be no mention of sin mm-hmm. because there, again, if you go into the, the, the charismatics, uh, a word of faith, Joyce Myers has uh, publicly said that she doesn't, she's not a sinner. She doesn't think of herself in those terms. Wow. Uh, Joel Osteen gave a, a, a interview one time and said, I sin as much as I want to. I just don't want to. Well, the very nature of sin is that we want to do what God says is wrong. And that beautiful hymn, uh, a song that we sing, uh, that that one phrase, uh, uh, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love, right. that my heart wants to do wrong. And so when you have a church that's actually contradicting my personal experience. There can be no place for confession of sin. So we have that framework, again, that framework where these things that Dr. Truman highlights are part of the service. We wouldn't have to do them in the same order as he's doing it, but they have to be part of the service. Confession of sin, our need for God, and then the rejoicing. So Sunday, we had this message about the uh, the pure church, the search for a pure church, and then we came down to the communion observation at the end. And then we sang the song about his great love. Mm-hmm. You, you tie all that together. Right. And of course, right now, this year at the communion, we recite the Apostles Creed, mm-hmm. which reminds me, and I, I did it Sunday. I didn't catch it till that last moment, but the bread and the cup, he suffered under Pontius Pilate. Here's the evidence of that suffering, right. the bread and the cup. So you can have it in the service. It just doesn't have to necessarily be exactly as he would lay it out. Mm-hmm.
1: And it goes back again to what you said is if you come to the church service and then come back
0: five, ten years later, it's going to be the same. It should be it the same. It should yeah. be the same message. It should be the same message, even if there's a change in leadership. Mm-hmm. You've got a new pastor. He's going to have a different style of preaching. Right. But the message that he preaches should be the same. Mm-hmm. And 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 this is a this is a great concern because we don't have that in the Christian church. We are following the celebrity who makes us feel good mm-hmm. instead of clinging to the message that through Christ I don't want to say gives us goodness or makes us good, mm-hmm. but but there's that concept you see. It's not just the good feeling, but the transformation. And, and this is what the Lord would, would want to do mm-hmm. in our hearts and our lives. Amen.
1: To be continued, we will continue this conversation in the next episode. And it keeps getting more and more interesting. Be sure to like and share this with your friends. And be sure to subscribe to our channel.